Every civilization was built off the back of a disposable workforce. But I can only make so many. Shh. Happy birthday. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of The Substandard. I'm Victor Mattis, along with Sonny Bunch and Jonathan V. Last. I'd like to remind you that The Substandard is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just look at a podcast and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, leave a review. In addition, we'd also like to remind you that Substandard show notes just might be posted by Jonathan Last on Fridays at 11 a.m. at weeklystandard.com. Can you hear me now? What I, I guess I should have yeah. asked that at the micro. Can we? Uh, it's it's a. Uh, we should explain to people what happened last week. The we Go for there it, was a, there was a technical issue. The computer crashed. We subbed in a new computer. Had to download all the software over again, and uh, we could hear ourselves fine in the headphones. But the mixing board was not properly. I, the the outputs or the inputs weren't weren't changed on the computer, so it wasn't it wasn't showing up uh, for you guys. Sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. And we got a really nice shout out on NPR. Yeah, well, uh, I'm, I, I hope all of them tuned in for the uh, the bootleg. Uh, can't yeah, listen our, to you. Can't hear you. Episode. Uh, uh, friend uh, Michael Graham gave us a shout out on NPR Weekend Edition, uh, and so people were able to tune into the crappiest sounding episode yeah. ever. Um, Thanks, Mike. Uh, but uh, plus, uh, NPR listeners probably really, if they decided to tune in, they would have really enjoyed JVL's hot take on Billy Jean King. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> JVL, how are you? I'm fine. Just fine. No other. That's it. That's it. How was your uh, How's your week been? Went to the beach for the long oh. weekend. Beach. Did not get my brand ambassadorship. Postponed or rejected? Not notified. I they oh. they sent out they sent oh, out. I got lost in the mail. They sent no no. They sent out the announcement for the people who were selected as oh. their brand ambassadors. And I have to say, first of all, these people had much smaller social media footprints than me. Hmm. Here's what they did have. They Actual surfing talent. Very, very young. Oh, and wow. Very attractive. Are they on Instagram? They're on his, but very small Instagram presences. Right. But you're not on Instagram at all, right? Uh, not yet, right. but I will be. You got to be on Instagram. That's I, where the kids I, are. I will say that my wife, uh, I, you know, look, I'm not proud of this, <laughs> but I went to the surf shop and I, I bought myself one of their surf shop logoed hats, trucker hat, <laughs> kind of cool looking. What, Billabong. No. no, no, Jimmy logo, Z. logo for the <laughs> Victor Rojat over there. I'm looking at the, <laughs> Sorry. looking at the the reds. I went yeah, in yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, I bought one of these surf shop logoed hats and walked outside, kind of pleased with myself because it's a little bit of a trucker hat. It's cool. It's what the kids wear. It's not. And my wife you mean looks with the at ladies me. like this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the mesh in the back, and she oh. says, "You know they rejected you, and you went and bought their merchandise oh. anyway." She goes, that's the saddest thing I've ever seen. She might be right. She is. Well, as one of our <laughs> as one of our many fans that's on terrible. Twitter said, she is the funniest last. Uh, no one denies this. No one. Saintly. No one denies this. Uh, the, it is actually kind of sad, though. You should. Yeah. You should. I'm gonna take my my hoodie off. Did you guys notice what I was wearing today? A black T-shirt and a hoodie <laughs> and a gray hoodie. I don't. Yeah, it's a hoodie. I dressed up for Halloween. Are you Sean Parker? <laughs> I came as Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, oh come on, boy. That was very good. Well, it's not Halloween yeah. for like three more weeks. Right, but it's f- if I had waited to do it on Halloween, then it would have been too obvious. Uh, I, I came okay. dressed up. I 
I don't want to say the brand's name because I've stumbled upon a new yes. brand that I really like. Mm-hmm. And uh, is it American Giant? What time is it, Vic? Now you no, know what? I, no. Listen, I'm too busy this week. I can't do any bleeping. Can't we got to keep bleeping. it clean. Okay. No bleeping I cannot, today. I, I don't. So wait, have who's, the time what, to what brand is it? Whatever. What brand is it? Pull Whatever. it up. No. Pull it up. Is no. it American Giant? You can't see my brands. American Eagle out Aeropostale. Is it Aeropostale? It's American Giant. How did you know it was American Giant? Because American Giant makes great hoodies. My wife got me an American Giant uh, hoodie. It's amazing. I'm it's, wearing I, an American I don't, Giant hoodie. I don't and really, I don't an American really, Giant T-shirt right now. I don't really I like them a lot. I don't really like that particular model. I like the ones that are a little bit thinner. Like the the material's a little bit thinner. It's a little little like um, I don't know how to describe it. It's like a heather gray. It's great. But maybe I'll wear mine in next week. We can compare hoodies. Oh, and wear your prana axioms too. Mm, no. Then we can go tip to tip. Oh God. Why, wow. why aren't we bleeping that? Yeah, no kidding. Sonny, how moving right along. How are you? I'm uh I'm great. Oh come on, boys. I, the Facebook God. live of this is awesome. I uh, I had a whole thing to talk about this week and now I can't think about anything because all I'm Just imagining is is, <laughs> is tip to tip. Dreaming. God oh, yeah. dreaming. Uh um. Yeah, it's the my, name of an episode my, of Silicon Valley. I, I'm, I'm literally. That is. I'm Vic, literally. I'm literally. I. I you got to go. Like go on to Vic. I'm, All right. I'm moving on. Do you want to talk on. about the big news? Oh, what's the big news? You know the big story that everybody's been talking about. Or do you well, want to tell us no, about your weekend? No, tell, tell us about, about your weekend, weekend first. Weekend, Vic. I have. Did you barely? I've been barely surviving because of allergies and the allergy season. We went through something like 25 days of no rain. And um, I get the uh, the CVS coupon email with the subject header, Roslyn is blanketed in pollen. That's what they say on the because they know I go to the Roslyn mm-hmm. CVS to get antihistamines. Could you could you sit a little closer yeah, to your mic? Sure. You know, I thought I was really uh, hot. You were hot, uh-huh. and then I turned you down. Oh, and now oh you did. And now you're now, now you're I have quiet. to go back to regular me. My God. Okay. See, this he's is super hot. Again. He's. See, I know. I, it's. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is why we shouldn't have even bothered worrying about the sound last week. The sound is always trash on the, the show. I was the only one they could hear. No, so they could hear me just fine. I sounded normal. I sounded normal. You? And everyone and thought you sounded like you were shouting because you were. JVL. And JVL was like six rooms was away. A whisper. Great show. He was. Great show. I've been wheezing and coughing and huffing and puffing. And on an inhaler, I basically need like Bane's mask. I think that would help me uh, breathe better. Or like that mask that, you know, the Predator wears. Speaking of Predators, Harvey Weinstein has been in the news. It's a good transition. Right, it's a pretty good transition. Good transition. <laughs> I was going to ask you about Saul Guerrero's oh, mask, no. but this hey, is even... Oh, I like that one, too. Okay. Um, the, uh, <laughs> I, the Hollywood establishment has been rocked this past week uh, after a New York Times expose came out about Miramax head Harvey Weinstein. And uh, is it Weinstein, Weinstein or Weinstein? Steen, I think. And all of his various... Depredations, predations, allegations, Ashley Judd, Rose McGowan, et cetera, et cetera. More settlements are coming out. There was a big story in the New Yorker about yep. just flat out right now. <laughs> the New Yorker story that dropped like right before we came into the studio uh, documents numerous rapes, r- yeah. numerous literal rapes. But hey, here's a Broadway show ticket. Yeah. That's, Oof. I think, what he tried to do with that one woman. Yeah. Gave her a ticket to Finding Neverland. Um, you, we, we, I know we have thoughts. Uh, Finding Neverland? Or at least Book of Mormon. That's uh, a tough take. Isn't that right? crazy? Okay. JVL. Um, no, no you, what, you, what do you guys think? Were you surprised about this, Sonny? Uh, not particularly. I mean, this is, this is like, well, so there, 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 it has always been kind of a, a not so hidden joke in Hollywood movies. If you see like an aggressively awful producer type character, yes. like a Lev Grossman in Tropic Thunder exactly. or, 
um, who was the guy in Full Frontal, the Soderbergh movie, played by I think Jeff Garland, yeah. maybe. It, yeah. it, you, the 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 joke has always been like, this is Harvey Weinstein. Oh God, they're really letting Harvey have it this time. And I mean, even on Entourage, like Harvey Weinstein basically played himself, right? Didn't oh. or was there a Harvey Weinstein character? I can't remember. It might have been I, a I, character. I, yeah, but but like again, a Harvey Weinstein type character. Now look, I the 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 joke has always been like. He's a bore and a boorish type, you know, not a bore as in boring. Um, and he is, you know, kind of abusive and he's violent and whatever. Uh, I, I would say that even with like all of the rumors about the casting couches and that sort of thing, I am still kind of surprised by the level of uh, grotesqueness here. Just like the the total, the total, I mean, I again, like, grabbing women's heads and forcing them on onto his crotch and being like, you know, give it a kiss. And Vic, you think this I, is I, bad too? This is, a, it's so weird because there's a story of him in the hallway with the anchor woman from Long Island and he's, you know, trapped. She has nowhere to go but to watch him pleasure himself for a f- uh, just a few moments and then into a plant. That I thought was just, just, it's bizarre. It's, it's, it's sick. It's bizarre. And all I could think of was Frank Sinatra's line, oops, there goes another rubber tree plant. But anyway, uh, what a, no. I don't even know what that means. It's from High Hope, Sonny. Uh, JVL, (laughs) I knew about these allegations because you told them to me almost 20 years ago because you knew somebody out there. Look, I'll just take the other side of this. You guys are going to believe the failing New York Times and their fake news? Oh, no. Look, everyone does it. You think Kathleen Kennedy didn't do this to Phil Lord and Christopher Miller? (laughs) Okay, fine. Look, Harvey is not there to be a moral exemplar. He is there to make Hollywood great again. You're not appointing Harvey to be your pastor. You are appointing him to run a Hollywood studio. And maybe you haven't noticed, but Hollywood is falling apart, Sonny. Transformers 5, Annabelle Creation, Paul Blart Mall Cop, Boss Baby. This is a situation where, sure, maybe Harvey will destroy everything, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe he is exactly the guy to rescue American cinematic culture precisely because he's so piggish. So he's it's the Flight 93 of Hollywood executives. Look, Sonny, okay. it is a binary choice. You can have Tom Rothman and Kathleen Kennedy and The Force Awakens and the Dark Tower multi-platform synergistic crap fest, or you can have Harvey and independent cinema. It is one or the other. And you know what? You know, let me just, I'm getting a little worked up here. You guys should just be grateful because he has already put The Grifters and Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction and The English Patient and Rounders and Gangs of New York and The Aviator movies that you all love in the Pantheon on the bench for forever. And I am sick and tired of you never Harvey elites just posturing about this stuff so that you can get invited to your Georgetown cocktail parties and not listening to the real voice of the people out there. There, I've said it. All right, look, as as a flagship member of Never Harvey, I have to say that I'm disgusted by all of this. Don't you understand how you're degrading the culture, how you're coarsening everything that we do here? Don't you understand what the kids are seeing? Don't you think about your children seeing the example being set by Harvey Weinstein and thinking, oh, well, maybe if he could get away with it, I can too. I think that this is exactly what's wrong with America. And frankly, I'm a little bit uh, surprised that you would you would take this tack. Look at all the people who hate Harvey Weinstein. They're the wrong people. They're the bad people. And if if Harvey Weinstein makes them angry and upset, they're just losers. So you're going an, you're going anti anti Harvey. Yeah, is that what you're that's doing? That's right. You're this going anti anti Harvey. Are Which trying does to not destroy, mean you're pro Harvey. You're just anti anti American culture. Mm. And Harvey is here to make it great again. 
You know what's interesting about that? There's a there's a there's a logic to it, JVL, because you might get some crazy, awful Harvey from time to time, but you get great movies. Exactly. Uh, Neil Gorsuch. I mean, um, uh, Pulp Fiction. Pulp you know, Fiction. And, Pulp uh, Fiction doesn't yeah. happen. Think about what your life is like without Pulp Fiction, without Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino's career doesn't exist without Harvey Weinstein. Right. How do you, you feel? You sit with that. How do you feel about yeah. the Kevin Smiths of the world who now say that they're disgusted that they got their, their start with Weinstein money? Uh, you know what? If those sorts of turncoats want to try to get, you know, whatever, they, they're, now they're going to go golfing with Harvey and say that Harvey really did shoot a 63 or 73 or whatever. That's fine, I guess. That's fine. But but those of us who are really on the Harvey train, the Harvey Express, he could walk out in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and we're not going to leave him. Look, I'm just going to go uh, full anti, anti, anti Harvey here and say, for the record, that it is really disgusting what you're doing here. You're deflecting from the real issues out here, which is... Harvey Weinstein himself. You're deflecting from true filmmaking. The true films that we love uh, aren't made by perverts and disgusting, awful people. Those people are written out of the film movement years ago. All right? So just just back it off with this. Exactly. Vic? Uh, no, it's way beyond me. I, I can't don't, even answer. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. This is probably it's really inappropriate. overwhelming, <laughs> and people will either get it or not get it, and the people who get it might just not listen yeah. to us again. Um, <laughs> I'm ready to move on, as it were. Are you ready to take a runner? Oh, yes. Yeah. Very good. Speaking of runners, over the weekend, Blade Runner 2049 did a less than stellar $32 million. The oh. mountain the mountain between us came second with $10 million, just etching out it, which did about $9.9 million. Down and, only 40% in its yeah, fourth mm-hmm. weekend, fifth it's, weekend. Yeah. Think, about the, think about the inverse of the budgets between its budget, how much it's made, and then Blade Runner's budget and how much it will make. That's, that's we should probably tell people what that is. It cost about $35 million to make, to make and it. has grossed 310 something yes. like that. Blade Runner. Uh, and Blade Runner, meanwhile, cost... Uh, the number that Box Office Mojo has is 150. Yes. I saw 185 at deadline <laughs> earlier in the week. I don't know what the actual number is, but it's a it's a big one, uh, and that's even before you know that's before advertising. They and all actually that. built the whole city. <laughs> <laughs> they built all of Southern California. It's a lot of sand uh, and Nevada. It, um, it, and I, I was going to say in fourth. Oh, go ahead, Sonny. Go but on. anyway, yeah, I, yeah. but it, like you know that that's a movie that cost. That movie will have to grow something like 500 or 600 million dollars to hit its break even, and it it probably won't. Uh, I was going to say uh, in fourth place. Do you remember what came in fourth place? Mm. No. My Little Pony, the movie, at eight million. <laughs> I, I did not know that was coming yes. out this week. No, a uh, JVL. I'm going to assume. Don't uh, tell did my Matt girls. Labash? Did Matt Labash go? Don't tell my girls. No, I was say, Sonny, your, uh, your daughter's not yet. She no, hasn't no, discovered no, she's still... it. Uh, your girls were they? Are they? Oh my God. We have so much My Little Pony going on in my house. Did you know that there is a universe of My Little Pony shows in which the My Little Ponies get turned into like normal teenage girls, but who aren't normal? They still have like the weird coloring yes. and stuff, but they're humanoids yes. now instead of yes. human, yeah, they, human it's looking. Like, it's like a Brony's Dream wait, Come True. And they're in high school doing. So it wait, doesn't wait, wait, count. I'm sorry. It's not really bestiality. I'm sorry. Like humanoid. Can we? Can we I, I, do they like transform into ponies? Unclear to me. There's a name for. It's like the My Little Pony. It's the same character. It's a whole other show. So they t- literally yeah. they transport the My Little Pony characters they like trans- Applejack and Rainbow Sparkle, Rainbow Dash, Rainbow Dash, and they all of a sudden become like tween girls in some yes. sort of 
high school setting, and there's a band, and they're singing. It's it's a stretch, but it, it works for them. I mean, obviously for. You know, us, we think, okay. The, the tastes, is, the taste of seven-year-old girls. Yeah, they're, they're willing to. Not, not high no, cinema. So They'll they're will, swallow they're willing anything. To, yeah, they're, they're willing to. Uh, oh, look, it's a screen. Part. I'll watch it. Um, Really quickly, favorite Pony Go, JVL. Applejack. <laughs> you know why? Why? Tomboyish, questionable mm-hmm. sexuality. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, on that case, Sunset Shimmer. I think that's that sounds like a sounds like a stripper name. Sunset Shimmer. Uh, okay. Who, Q Def Leopard. Thank you. Uh, who who saw it's very inappropriate. Who saw Blade Runner here? I oh, saw Blade Runner. Oh, you did oh, JVL? Oh, did Runner? we all see Blade Runner? Yeah. Uh, yes. I went to a late, late show last night after a long drive home from the beach. Just so we could all do it together. Did you see it uh, on IMAX or Dolby Atmos or just on a regular I saw it on IMAX nice. and then I came home. And I ordered up on the Amazon machine the original, wow. and I watched a little bit of it on my phone. Oh, God. I saw that on twi- the Twitter. And I was only disappointed that I couldn't figure out a way to put it into portrait mode on my phone <laughs> because I wanted to have the I, true yeah. back-to-back experience of mm. the Sequan IMAX mm. and the original final cut. As it's meant to be seen. As yes. it's meant to be seen on, on my own. spanking yeah. new iPhone 8. So, yes. <laughs> Go, I, on... I should be said, on the iPhone speakers. What time? Yes, <laughs> yes, thank you. Right. What time did you see that movie then? When you, uh, showing it was it? late. It was late. Yeah, so it was a late night. Some, okay. Well, uh, I was thinking before we get into the the deets of uh, the movie. I the hate breakdown. It when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I have a, there's a lot of things you say that drive me insane. IRL. Okay. Fame. Amaze. It will amaze. Total amaze. Amazing. The word is amazing. Okay. You're destroying the English language. <laughs> That's the, angriest, that's the angriest I've ever seen. But I see it on when I see it on Twitter. It's like, I'm like these words are driving an editor crazy. Over it's like over dinner one night, Vic slams his wine glass down. He's like, "Oh yeah, well you drive me crazy too." <laughs> he storms out the of the house, killing me. and leaves me alone with the okay. kids. Okay. Okay. I gotta get myself. I'm going to my sister's I gotta, house. I gotta get myself together now. I'm all discombobulated. You're flustered. But I was gonna say, uh, actually, Gene saw. Gene, <gasps> Gene's oh, back. It's, it's been, been a while. Too, it's been too it's been long. Sorry, I'm yelling at right. the microphone. Can I, here. can I just sit back? So, hey, sit back. hey, Mr. Shallot. Oh, hello. Welcome back he's, to our he, studio. He's back from the Berkshires. Okay, here he comes. Blade Runner 2049 is the fourth best movie I have ever seen with the word Blade in the title. The others being Blade Runner, Sling Blade, Blade with Wesley Snipes, and Zorro and the Gay Blade. That starred George Hamilton. Be careful of his sword. He'll stab you in the back. Side. Harrison Ford reprises his role, but it's no solo act. He is joined by Ryan Gosling and Robin Wright, who is the first lady to be Ryan's boss at the LAPD. And believe me, she's no buttercup. There's even a cameo by Edward James Olmos, but he remains seated the entire time. I guess you could say he doesn't quite stand and deliver. Anna de Armas plays Gosling's computerized girlfriend. Boy, would I like to insert my memory stick into that slot and download over to the desktop. So what's this movie about? What's this movie about? Apparently, a robot had a baby. 
If only this were real, you'd solve Japan's declining population problem. Think about it. Timely. Hashtag, just saying. Anyway, I give Blade Runner 2049 four stars. And that's the critics' corner. So wait, I don't. This is the fourth best movie with a blade in the, the title. Blade, but yes. you, you, you listed four other movies. That would He's make this gone. the fifth. I, I, he, he can't answer. I'm oh. sorry, he left already. <laughs> okay, sorry. He can't answer. I don't. It is I don't what mean it is. To fact check you. It is what it is. I don't mean to fact check Gene. Zorro uh, and the Gay Blade. <laughs> I saw that That's movie. A deep pull, you like that? That's you like, saw the movie last week, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> it was early '80s, and it's George great. Hamilton at his best. Uh, okay, which wasn't very good. What was yeah. the vampire one he did? I love it first bite. Love it first Richard bite. Benjamin, fantastic. That is a John Podhoretz top thirty all time movie, right? Uh, yes, and I believe the di- right John. I, I don't the the direct no the director was not uh, John Badham. He did the actual Dracula movie, but uh, I forget who did that one. Um, okay, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which is also by the way the cost of a popcorn and two sodas. Um, that's actually probably low. Yeah, that's frankly. low. It's low. <laughs> yeah, it's low. Uh, what did we, th- Sonny? You re- you reviewed it. Did you go with the kids? No, I went alone. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was a fair amount of uh, boobage. As yeah, they nudity. Say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and and I did think that the yeah imagine- that you don't want Michael yeah. to see. <laughs> if people so, get their heads cut off, that's there was, fine. That's okay. That's but okay. we don't want to see okay. any stray breasts. No, no, there was. It's really quite something. Uh, but it's asexual. The, the, the one sex scene is totally tame. It's weird. And in fact, and you it's, know, it's, it's not weird. weird. It is the. This is. I'm going to say this, and you're going to think this is strict, but it really is not. Uh, that I, is, to me, the most emotionally touching sex scene I've ever seen in a movie, the most relevant to the characters and the story development. It was it was beautiful, and I found myself deeply touched by it. Mm. Uh, and people who haven't seen the movie will think this is perfect, so but it's not. It is incredibly... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's almost Victorian. Touching. No, no, almost Victorian in its depiction. Like, you, you see almost nothing. Prudish. Well, uh, it is kind of prudish. Really. Well, no, it is, and, and it is, and it's sad. very interesting to. So, first off, okay, if, if you're if you're if you're still it. listening, this is going to be a full-on spoiler discussion of Blade Runner twenty forty-nine. So, if you haven't seen the movie and you plan on seeing the movie, please go see it and then come back and download us again. I think we get two. We get two on the new iTunes. It's almost impossible to find and re-download. A, a, an old show, as oh, I good. found this morning when I was trying to listen to. Oh, good! The, really? It's good. Yeah, one of the old episodes. Yeah. Oh, it's disconcerting. <laughs> um, Sunny. iOS 11 blows. Uh, so the uh, but what, what's interesting about the the sex scene is that you you have that kind of vic- again, as you say, Victorian kind of prudish sex scene that's very much about her trying to give him something that he can't really experience just with her, uh, and and then and then. You know how that how that all works compared to the advertisement for Joy, right? Right. Yes. Later in the movie, where she's like fully nude and kind of like leering over. Yeah, she's, no, she's it's playing like a neon uh, kind of a AI robot, uh, AI like program advertisement. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe it exactly, but the 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 most interesting touch of that is the the advertisement has these like dark blank eyes. Yes. Like these soulless, soulless black holes of eyes that that just kind of drive home this is a recurring theme. the the um the absurdity and the kind of sadness of that relationship. And there's also a very interesting point I think with the so the scene in question, the the robot uh, uh the the AI program who can kind of project herself onto the bodies of other people um, 
she's a hologram. She's a hologram. She's a hologram. Right? She's, a, she's a hologram. She projects herself onto the body of a hooker from the street who so is she also can a replicant. Touch her, so she can her actually touch who Ryan is, Gosling, right. who plays Kay. And there's a very interesting line there where the replicant hooker, who we don't really know at all and hasn't hasn't really we haven't really gotten much out of yet, says to the hologram. Uh, you know, in the morning, I've, this I've, is on the morning. It, after. This is the morning after. You know, don't think too much of yourself. There's less there than you think, which I think is also true, right? Like no. I think I I see. I think this is, but I think the whole point of that scene is that at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Joy is just a program who has been designed to give K pleasure. She is not. She has no free will of her own. She has no choice. She has nothing like that. As opposed to the replicants who are trying to create this new. So anyway, well, I was going to say this. disagree entirely. I okay. think there's a total misreading on, of the you... film. But please, go ahead. Um, two things. One, I was reminded of the movie Her by Spike Jones, right? And he develops. Uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix has a relationship with his computer, and then he tries to simulate sex with, and they bring a woman in and tries to do it just with audio and mm-hmm. things like that. And um, again, a lot of it is sad. It, it reminded me. Not to get churchy here, but over the weekend, you know, the, the priests talk about the sermon about the correlation between loneliness and mental illness. It's you go to church? It's believe it or not, and it's a sad correlation between mental illness and loneliness. And we're becoming more and more this lonely society, right? We're more connected, you know, like social media and everything else. But in fact, the way we relate is less so. And that whole movie. It was just lonely. It was a whole, it was desolation, it's a, loneliness. It's about trying to find a connection in the yeah. world. Yeah, and, and, and it was very sad. It reminded me of other dystopias uh, in the uh, the lives of others. You know, the uh, Agent Gerd Wiesler is trying to have this relationship with the prostitute, and again, it's soulless, and she doesn't care, and it's this It's this thing. There's nothing there. I So I disagree entirely okay. with your reading right. on Joy. So I believe what the film is trying to say is that Humanity is more than humans. It is more even than replicants. And that is, that is why joy is the key here. There's a conversation where she is accompanying him while uh, Kay is looking through a DNA database. And they have a conversation where he says, you know, look at this. We're all just made of these four symbols, you know, G-A-T-C. And she says, I'm only made of two, zeros and ones. And he says, well, it's the same thing. And she exercises free will. She, she is the one who says to him, I want to go with you, but you're going to have to take me, you're mm-hmm. going to have to delete me from the database and take me with you mm-hmm. because otherwise they'll be able to right. use me to get to you. And he says, but if you do that and this copy of you gets destroyed, you won't be here anymore. And she says, I choose this. Yep. She chooses mortality. She says, because I want to be a real girl. But she does not. she does not have a choice because her only programming function is to make him happy. That's the whole point of the scene with the soulless black-eyed... Uh, uh, advertisement version of her. They're all the same. They're just trying I, to, uh, they're trying to appeal to his. They're trying to make him happy. That's so the I, only reason they have to exist. I, I believe that this is untrue. I believe that what the those advertisements are pitching the AI versions like Joy to replicants in the same way that replicants have been pitched to humans. And so when the replicant hooker says to Joy, uh, "There's less of you than you think," this is. Just sort of speciesist. Uh, well, there is an looking interesting down there's on an joy in the way that humans argument look down on on replicants, yeah. and I believe that what the movie is trying to tell us is that there is deep po- there are deep pockets of humanity in all three of these categories of being, and that we are we are wrong to overlook them in any of the three. It's a very it's a bioethical nightmare. 
because I mean, he is obsessed. He's quite beautiful. Well, Kay is himself is obsessed with the idea of soul or not soul, right? And what is right. Robin writes as well. You've gotten along with that one. This well, far. and there's also yeah. a very so the uh, to to back up a bit, I guess, and do an actual discussion of what the movie is about. Uh, we we open on Kay, who's played by Ron, Ryan Gosling. He is a replicant who is you know supposedly totally in control, uh, totally controlled by people. They you know he's out there hunting older versions of uh, the replicants Nexus 8s now that had no built-in lifespan um, and revolted and were, were, were you know, that, that revolt was kind of put down, but there are still pockets of them out there. Um, the movie opens with him catching Batista. Uh, Drax. Who's great. Who's great. Who is, who's no fantastic. Idea. I had no idea that Dave Batista had this in yeah. him. He could act. Dave Batista uh, plays a kind of a big hulking, but also very uh, fragile and, and, um, uh, emotionally involved replicant who says to Kay, you've never seen a miracle. And we're kind of wondering what this miracle is. Turns out uh, the a replicant, should we go just do the whole? Sure. Let's so, go. Uh, so well, you should, if, if you care about yeah. spoilers, pause and come yeah. back. Yeah. So okay, uh, essentially what has happened is Rachel from the first film uh, and Deckard had a Sean child. Young. Sean Young. Yeah. yeah. Uh, had a child, and the movie involves trying to discover the fate of that child. Uh, uh, Batista uh, is is kind of defending or is protecting the 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 you know location of that child. We find a we find Rachel's bones buried underneath a tree outside his house, and there from there the mystery goes. Blah blah. Um, I. Uh, I kind of love this movie, and I also am curious to see how it holds up as the years go on. Uh, it is a visually stunning film. This is a movie. So first off, this is a two-hour and forty-five minute or so sci-fi really uh, action movie that cost one hundred and eighty-five million dollars, uh, and is a sequel to a movie that grossed like. 14 million, 16 million, something like that in its initial run uh, and has like found a sh- found a shelf life as a kind of cult film, but it is still very much a cult film as we've seen by the the kind of relative lack of interest this year. There, there, everything about this movie kind of screams act of artistic hubris that will incur giant losses on whichever company backed it. Um, and uh, I kind of love that it exists anyway. Uh, it is a visually entrancing movie. It is it is long, but I was never bored. Uh, I was never driven to look at my phone or or watch. I don't wear a watch, obviously. Uh, I was never driven to look at my phone and see what time it was. I, w- I was just like, I was totally into the movie. And it kind of, s- we spread out from the original setting of Blade Runner. We go from Los Angeles to San Diego, which has kind of been amusingly reconfigured as a giant dump. Uh, uh, and then out to Las Vegas, which is, was hit by a dirty bomb, apparently, and is is where Deckard is living. Um, and and it is and it's and it's just it's everything about the set design, everything about the cinematography, the bright colors, the kind of silhouetted backgrounds uh, are is is fantastic and amazing. And otherwise, mostly dark and raining and yeah, 
well, rib. But, but it but it kind of it, it kind of shifts away from that dark rainy motif from when the first one. You get a lot of like dirty snow. Yeah. For in, for instance, which I thought was very interesting. I like. What I, are the I, references that I snow in Southern California? Yeah. Right. 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 So. What are the What are the references I keep on missing to the uh, the other li- the other the other worlds? What are they talking? There are about nine so? other other worlds. The colonies. Seems the colonies. The, the off world like colonies. colonies are where all the action is at. So, so like right. Happy, right. So I'm people who are left on happy Earth. humans and happy families are in these other yes. places yes. now. Well, in Everybody's theory, left over. In theory, it's, it's kind of get off. It's kind of hard to tell, honestly, because these don't sound like terribly pleasant places to live. You need these like superhuman robot slaves to go out there and and uh, and and mine. I don't know terraform. I guess I don't know. I don't know what they're doing exactly. So I, I really like a lot of things about this movie. There are some there are some threads that don't get fully explored and are like clearly kind of setups for sequels, like the oh, replicant. Uh, uh, underground army, army. Mm-hmm. that is that is clearly forming, and the idea, kind of again, of these off-world areas where Jared Leto, who should we should we, is the Jared Leto character really the hero of this? No, love is the <laughs> of hero this, of this movie. No, the real He's, hero is love, who is the replicant, who played by German actress Sylvia Hooks, yeah. who is Jared Leto's sort of prime bodyguard, of, bodyguard, fixer. yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, love is the real hero, and I'll explain that to you well, later. No, but I, but I, but I do think we need to give a Not give kidding. a moment, no moments, give a moment's thought to to uh, Jared Leto's character here, who is, let's be honest, just trying to improve the fate of humanity. He needs they the world for humanity to survive and thrive. They need to expand beyond our ruined world. They need to go to the off-world colonies, and in order for the off-world colonies to be decent places to live, they need this robot slave labor. And if your uh, if your belief is that a replicant cannot have a soul, if it is not a creature born of God, mm-hmm. uh, then what really is the issue here? JVL. The whole movie is sort of Django in space. It is a, is a movie about slavery as much as anything else, mm-hmm. much more so than the original Blade Runner, I think. Uh, Wallace, well, it's more I on the a... nose about it. It's more. It's more. It is. I. It really. This movie holds your hand in a way that the original movie does not. I think. Like, yes. Like Ryan Gosling's that. line. You know, I've never retired anyone who was born before. I. You know, the. It, yep. they, there are whole s- dis- discourses on like what the actual ethical uh, implications are of these Wallace, his actions. Wallace is a god, right? He is an angry Olympian-style vengeful god. Uh, who views the world as his playthings and is molding more, things of lumps of clay. See, I think he's more detached the, than angry. Tell is his vision, which I think is one of, in a movie that is filled with interesting ideas and lived in worlds, what they do with Wallace's vision is the most interesting thing, I think. So Wallace is clearly blind. Right. Mm-hmm. The character is blind. And he sees by using an array of moving cameras, of which there are like, what, 10, 12, 15, yeah. who See, knows but, how many yeah. of them. Which means but that they're his, not always on. Well, it suggests, though, that yeah. his brain is processing things in many more dimensions than we see sure. visually normally, which is almost the definition of a God's eye view of the world, right? Being able to behold something from multiple angles all at once. Uh, and this is, I mean, he talks about, you know, I have colonized nine planets. I've, And this is all... Zeus stuff, right? You know, I, I've given fire to... Zeus didn't give fire, but you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. um, he sees himself as above humanity. It's it's much more about him. Everything, everything about this is great, right? I mean, this is... I am more 
I like this movie at least as much as you do, Sonny. I think that I, I want to spend more time with it. I want to go back and see it again. Uh, but my real, what really depressed me was this morning when I looked at the box office numbers and I saw this made 40% less money than Annabelle creation. And I just thought this culture is broken. You know, Hollywood is broken. If yep. you can't find an audience to see a movie like this, which is not, it's high art, but it is as accessible art. This it is, is extremely pop, accessible. This is a popular if, if, movie if you for, to gauge, made for mass if you wanted, audience. If you wanted to gauge where the, the culture is, you should just go to your show notes and that link to the Steve Harvey Family Feud video. <laughs> Farts. <laughs> uh, but it the, feels good. Tallywhacker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I laugh out loud every time I watch I know, that video. I, cry, I just, I, sweat, I like, and I cry. It's uh, really funny. Um, the, the, uh, I think you're right. Well, I, I, I do think that part of the problem with this movie is that it was horribly advertised. Max Landis went on a kind of a Twitter rant about this uh, yesterday or the day before. I didn't see it. Just about just about how they they sold this movie as if you if you haven't seen the original, you won't have any idea what it's about. You won't know that it's about a robot cop or a replicant cop hunting other replicants. You won't know. Uh, that what the what like there's a mystery to be solved. Right. You won't know. Right. You it, instead it just gives you a bunch of visual images, That's and right. it's like, right. well, a, that you you can sell me on that. You can sell me on that, but you mm-hmm. can't sell it to an audience. And part right. of the problem is the studio was terrified of spoilers at this pre- at the press screening. They uh they they read us a statement from director Dennis Villeneuve, who. Uh, had implored us. They, two, there were actually two statements. There were two statements. There was one at the beginning that said, "As you embark on this journey, hopefully you don't know anything about the movie, and we ask that you, you know, we we ask that you not tell anyone in your reviews, blah blah." And then after the movie, they read a whole list of demands of like things not to mention. Don't say that Kay is a replicant. Don't talk about. Uh, don't say anything about the opening scene with Batista's character. Don't mention the the actress. If anyone asks you about the actress who plays uh, the the girl who creates the memories, don't say anything about her. Just mm-hmm. say that we meet. They actually gave us a suggested line to put in the piece that says we meet many people on this amazing journey through the world that Denis Villeneuve has created. They, they want and to it was write like, it for you. I was like, I was actually like, I was offended on a certain level as a critic. No wonder you see this as an act of artistic hubris because that's freaking redonkulous. I mean, it's it's something. It's something else. And I and I am actually look. I am firm. I am firmly in favor of keeping things from audiences before they see movies. I do think spoilers in a movie like this in particular have a real impact on how the world unfolds. Like there's that great scene where we're introduced to Joy and we just kind of hear her in the background and we don't mm-hmm. and like I could tell something was something was going on but not what exactly. And then when you see her as the hologram kind of shifting mm-hmm. into like to figure out again exactly what he wants because her only purpose in mm-hmm. life is to make him happy. Uh uh the the it's great. It's a great little reveal. It's a nice little character moment. And I do think it is something that doesn't work as well if you know what she is ahead of time. Now, that being said, you have to put some faith in your reviewers and your critics to understand what is needed and what isn't needed to be told. Also, you need to have some faith in audiences that if they want to go into a movie like this cold, they will avoid the reviews. This is one place where Rotten Tomatoes is actually very useful because you can look at a score and you can see, okay, this is good or it isn't good without actually having to read a review and put yourself at the risk of seeing the spoilers. And you're, um, you're, you're, are you a critic? I'm on oh, Rotten on? Tomatoes. Really? I'm, I'm a Rotten oh, Tomatoes certified You critic. should have opened your review with, 
the memory girl is Harrison Ford's daughter, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I actually that should have been the first line of your review, honestly, because that is an offensive thing for a student. No, it to is. Do. It is. If you don't is. want people to spoil it, don't no. screen it for critics. It or is, the it, suggestion of here's what you could write. Yeah. Right. Oh, it was. It was. It was. I'm I was, surprised there wasn't a revolt about this. There were in certain quarters. Uh, some people, again, like all of this is kind of confined to film Twitter, so it's uh, uh, you know cordoned I mean, off from the rest of the population. Did you, did you notice uh, Gene? He didn't abide by those rules. I know. He I well, I almost stopped him. I almost stopped. The studio said. He's a rebel. The studio said not to tell anyone. Robot Come on, guys. Baby. Uh, anyway, I am. So uh, that being said, that being said, all this aside, I, I really loved it. And I, I also like kind of I very strongly uh, agree with John Podhoritz's review, uh, who wrote for the Weekly Standard, that this is a great movie. It's probably actually better than Blade Runner as a like piece of filmmaking, as a piece of storytelling, as like a narrative uh, device, but I do wonder if it will hold up on repeat viewings because I do think that there is a kind of the the the, the storyline is is superficially complicated and is actually not really that complex. Once you get through the whole thing, it's very it's very easy to follow, very straightforward. And again, I think the philosophical implications of it all we are kind of walked through step by step. I'm not. Well, I don't. There's not the ambiguity that there was from the first film. It there's was a little bit of ambiguity. Is there? Mm-hmm. Well, do we do we know if Deckard is human or a replicant still? I think that's still very much that's up in right. the air, right? That was my big question because, of course, were there alternative endings in Blade Runner? One with was much more explicit than the other about his. Uh, what was it? It was the uh, the final um, cut. The, yeah. the, unicorn the unicorn scene in the final cut makes it very clear that the intention. What do you call those Japanese? The origami. 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 I was going to say Tamagotchi. Okay, wait. Oh. Vic, can I get your pronunciation of that word? Or- origami? <laughs> Sorry, I thought we might get a good... Oh, when no, you pronounce no, no. Japanese, origami. Origami. No, I was going to say Tamagotchi. Hilarity. I was going to say Tamagotchi. Sorry. Uh, go ahead. So, no, I, I, this is... The, uh, yeah. So, in the final the final cut of Blade Runner, the so-called final cut, uh, is... I, I, it seems very clear that the the, uh, the 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 message of the combination of the unicorn dream sequence with the unicorn... Uh, 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 origami figurine left in his apartment is meant to suggest that Gaff, the Edward James Olmos character, knows that he is uh, a replicant. And he has been, uh, if you remember the movie, he's been kind of tagging along behind Deckard this whole time, keeping tabs on him and if he needed to retire him, say. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, I, I do think that there, in in if you if you just look at that reading of the film i think it is very clear that he is meant to be a replicant if you kind of set that aside uh i it is still very it is very unclear if he is a human or a replicant and there's actually a scene in the movie where he talks about how it doesn't matter he he's real yeah no this is entirely this uh, point, yeah. am, I, am i missing some sort of um hidden message not so hidden messages or symbolism with the snow on K in the snow landing on his hand and in the ending. Well, I assume this is no. I assume this is again. Uh, uh, this is more of a uh, environmentalist comment about global cooling, okay. possibly or something. Snow in snow in Los Angeles is weird. Okay, and uh, it's it's what what we used to be worried about acid rain. Now we're worried about global warming slash cooling. I, I, uh, yeah, either way. Oh, and, I thought uh, it was snowflakes. We're all different. No, I thought it was literally a sort of a com- oh. comment on humanity. Oh, no, snowflakes, right? That, the, snowflakes. that we are seeing the snowflakes okay. and the individuality of snowflakes, yeah. and that even the replicants are distinct from one another. Mm. Uh, I, but can uh, we talk a little bit about love? Yes. Yeah. Sure. So love, love spelled L U V. L U V. Who is the fixer for 
Wallace. I thought it was Lisa Loeb. She looked like Lisa Loeb, the actress singer. A little Sorry. bit, but a little German. No, but it was I, turns I, I out she's she looks much I kept more watching masculine. her and I thought, boy, she is right up Vic's alley. No, she was she was very serious, uh, no nonsense. So she's the real hero of this movie, obviously. And the key to the movie, I believe, may come in the scene where she is with Wallace and a replicant is being born and she cries. Why is she crying? Because she knows what he's going to do to her? I don't know. This is, I mean, there, there are a bunch of possibilities. She could be crying because she's jealous, because she is in awe of the beauty of birth, because there is sadness, because she knows the new replicant is about to die. But, but there's something going on with her, and we see that she is vain later on in the movie when she's getting her nails done. We see that she is proud in her final line to Kay. What does she say? She thinks she's killing him. She says, I'm the best one. Like it is important to her to be the best. We know that she's able to lie, as she tells Madam right before she kills Robin Wright. In many ways, I would say that Love is the most human character in the entire film and can be read then as such to be the, the linchpin of the movie itself. There. Did I just blow your minds? No, I think this is a total... Well, I, I don't know that that necessarily makes her the hero of the movie, but the I hero think, is the most human. But I do this think is a movie about humanity. That's not necessarily. I don't think that's true. I don't think it's true that the hero is the most human. I think the the. But it does make her. Um, look, I think she's a very interesting character. I don't think she is necessarily the. Again, I think if 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 you're going on this route, I think that uh, uh, Wallace has to be the hero of of the film <laughs> <laughs> because well she's 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 in, just an underling of wallace she's wallace doing his bidding least wallace is the least human of all the people well he has moved he is he is no he is godlike he is he is no longer like a mm-hmm. human he is more like a god he's transcended he is transcended yeah in ways which we think are not good he's more human than the human i was fascinated no he's, he's more creator than you right i mean he's that's uh, what this movie is about. It's about the, the, the distinctions between the creator and the created and, and the questions well, about what humanity is. And there is there is also a very... Have you guys seen Arrival? Have you seen Arrival? Of course, yes. You've seen Arrival? Yeah, we did a show I, on yeah. it. Have you not seen Arrival? Nope. Uh, you should Don't worry, because I saw it and I still didn't get it. <laughs> I was going to say, have you figured out the end of it yet, Vic? Right. Yes, should, I think uh, my son explained it to me. You should anyway. see Arrival. I would be curious to get your take on it, because I do, I do think that there is something to be said for the idea of... Denis Villeneuve as a great I hate using I hate using terms like this because it's very reductive and wrong and I don't actually agree with it but I do think he is like he he has an interesting kind of pro-life sensibility the idea of the idea so the 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 fundamental um issue in Blade Runner 2049 is there is a there is a difference between a race that is created and a race that propagates itself, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. the idea is the thing that separates the 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 thing that allows the replicants to transcend their natural state of slavery is the ability to create the miracle of birth. And is it it in it is fundamentally immoral to create a a race of people that can do that with the intention of enslaving them? Yes. 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 Uh, and that. If that is the idea, then that creates a real sense of importance about the idea of childbirth, right? Is this? If you want to turn people against this movie, 
you go rushing out onto Twitter and say that, boy, Blade Runner 2049 state is the most pro-life movie I've ever seen. State, and watch what happens. State 2017. Stay tuned to WashingtonPost.com. We might oh, oh, the, oh, the, oh, they'll love it there. Uh, it is, we'll I, it'll be great. I will say that it is going to be hysterical when... Watching the fanboy heads explode when Wonder Woman is nominated for Best Picture and Blade Runner is not. Because yeah. Yeah. count on it, that's going to happen. I was, uh, this yeah, movie is born will. to be overlooked this, this by movie is, everybody this movie for is, at least five years. This movie is a million times better than... than I Wonder had no Woman. expectations. I didn't want to see this movie. I actually... That's what Harvey it. Weinstein would say. Oh, boy. Here we go. Um, oh. As we oh. said <clears throat> many oh. days ago. This is a conversation we had many days ago on the... Micro. Um, I had no expectations, so I didn't want to see this movie. I didn't think I'd like it, and I really came out really, really enjoying this movie. I thought it was just—it's very rich. In the ex- it's a rich experience. Sad it is, again. It once again, rich. it's visually—it yeah. is visually stunning oh in a way that, like, mm-hmm. we throw around the word "visually" st- or the the phrase the "visually stunning" mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. and it really mm-hmm. is just entrancing to watch. It mm-hmm. is your—if you are willing to give yourself over to the movie—and I know some people aren't because it is long and it can be a little bit talky and ponderous at times. But if you are willing to give yourself over to the visual yeah. experience of the For film, two you hours will be and forty-five taken minutes away, sit and just rel- and that's exactly the were only- you checking your Rolex <laughs> once. And that was to see what time Harrison Ford would appear. Mm. And I believe it was an hour and 40 in. I thought, well, he's going to be here just for, uh, you know, the last... Ed- oh, no. It's a whole other half. That he's, I mean, he's there for... But I, I do want to make sure people understand, because I, I think you might be selling it a tiny bit short by saying it's visually... Yes, it is visually stunning. But there is... It's also a movie based on... It's wonderfully plotted. It is uh, densely... It's packed with narrative, and it's a... It, it is ideas behind yes. it, and is a character story too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, this really is, I think, a truly great movie. Right? Uh, and, and, and no, yes, Sonny, would you agree? I, I mean, this is a five star movie. I I I would say it's. I don't know that it's a five star movie, uh, but I do think it is a. It it's certainly one of like the three best movies I've seen so far this year. It's this and Dunkirk, and I'm not I'm not sure what else. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I was surprised that it was uh, there was a real storyline that I was I personally was able to follow. Ah, they're trying to figure out this baby. <laughs> I can see what's happening now. A baby bored. That's his birthday. Hmm, it might be him. <laughs> Why? You know. So it was. This, you want to go through my brain as Blade Runner? You know, as a sort of director. I want. Commentary. I actually want that version <laughs> of the Jeans Shallot review. Like what? Oh my God! A girl. And so, you know, it's like, wait a minute. You mean it's her? So it's, uh, I, <laughs> Jamie, I, think I, I broke him. I broke him. I, I think we're ready to. It's your wife. Yeah, I think we what what? It really was. I don't what? think so. Okay. It's. Uh, All right. Good job. Good, okay. Good job. I think we could move on. Yeah, I don't. Let's, I don't know. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll talk about it. This movie's great. Yeah. Did you, unless you had Sicario thoughts. Do you no, want to we tell can, us we how great this movie is, Sonny. <laughs> it's the, the best form of the substandard. The three of us sitting <laughs> around saying, so good. this movie is so good. That's, really so, that's, my more conv- that's my more comfortable platform. All right, Sonny. Yes. No, no you're, you're okay. We'll move on. Uh, corrections, additions. Um, I have two. So please. Oh, okay. Uh, last uh, episode, if anyone heard it, uh, we were. T- I was talking about Match Game and the time that Carol Burdett and friends walked onto the set. I remember Tim Conway and Jim Neighbors, but I forgot the other actress. Thank you to listeners, Brian Fotten and Ben O'Connell and others for reminding me. It was Vicki Lawrence, later of Mama's Family. Also, a shout out to listener Walton Cheney, new to the area. 
who says he spotted me at the St. Anne's Fall Festival. And I thought this would have been really funny um, while I was uh, talking to another dad if he just came up and said, excuse me, are you Vic Mattis of the substandard? That would have been really funny. And I said, how did you recognize me? Was it my head from across the parking lot? That he was able did to he say yes? He said, he said uh, no, uh, Twitter, Twitter, or photo, mm. Twitter. So I said, yeah, but he actually, I got an email or it was sent to the standard saying, you know, this hopes it, this doesn't sound too weird, but were you at, you know, that's our parish in Arlington. They have a fall festival and, you know, with beer yeah, and If you want to know where to kill like uh, Vic. <laughs> so I was there with, I was like, I was just waiting parish. for the kids to get done rock climbing. They have a rock climbing thing. Let's Ooh. just get the rock climbing done. And let's An go aggro home. crag? Something like that. Did and you go uh, rock climbing with your children, oh, Victorino? It's just for the kids. There were no adults. I didn't, or, or the, you know, the, the bouncy house. I stayed out of there. Or the uh, thing where it's like the bungee where you just, you know, you're like... Um, you know, I can't explain it. You're strapped. It's really weird. Okay, not for me. Anyway, uh, that's it. Do you have any other things, JVL? Sorry. I, I I was trying to re-listen to the bootleg episode to find out what we had done wrong in it, and I couldn't get to it because of the new iTunes interface. So, hmm. uh, no, I'll just assume that we got everything right, and uh, you couldn't hear me anyway. So, yep. Okay. What are you boys drinking today? All right, Spirit of the Week. Sorry. Oh wait, I'm sorry. Can we, for those of us who don't follow the show on Twitter, can you talk about the big news from Substandard Fan? Uh, that he what? that he Sorry. has acquired a bottle of the Kingsman Scotch, the, the oh, nine hundred dollar yeah. Kingsman Sorry. Scotch. He was Vic is so excited about this. He just made you all deaf. That was Glenn. Uh, the Glenn Dronach. Glenn yes. Dronach. I can't believe uh, he did this. Well, we'll see. I mean, he 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 says well, it's explain, coming. Explain well, to people listening what what has happened. Here. This is amazing. We have a fan account on Twitter, Substandard Fan, uh, who has probably not run by Kate Mattis, as no. as best as we can tell. No. It's very secretive. We don't. I would I, love none to of us want to. None of us want to spoil the mystery. Uh, but he uh, he sent uh, he put an email out on Twitter saying that he has a bottle of the Kingsman Limited Edition, the nine hundred dollar bottle of Glendronic Kingsman Scotch. So if if uh, we saw a receipt of sale, if we we saw the receipt, we saw the email confirmation. If he uh, if he wants to do a do a review, we're happy to to have him Skype in, or we'll figure out how to make that work. I don't know. We have to. I mean, have you guys ever sampled a $900 bottle of, is this scotch or bourbon? What is this? Scotch. Again? Scotch. Have not, you ever had a $900 bur- bottle of scotch? Not 900 I'm, retail. Right. I might have had small samples of uh, very expensive cognac in the four or $500 range. There was like a Johnny Walker variant. Johnny Walker Blue Louis mm-hmm. Oh, the lenticular something. Johnny Walker? Yeah, it was the chromium cover. The chromium Johnny, Johnny, Walker. Johnny Walker. That and it was, that was Johnny really Walker like, chromium. Yes, basically <laughs> yeah. the equivalent the yeah. equivalent of that. So what is it? Can you taste the difference? Like when you yes. have a $500 b- yes. glass of scotch. For the record, we're drinking the Old Forester Statesman. Uh, which is delicious. Again, so. which is still really smooth and great and... You should buy some. And is it very drinkable? Send send a send Extremely. a send a tweet to us uh, showing that the free beacon moves product because you'll notice that we don't have any of the Blade Runner twenty forty nine scotch. Is there a Blade Johnny Runner twenty forty nine? There is a Blade Runner scotch, the Johnny Walker Black Director's Cut. So I assume that's what he's drinking at the casino hotel. Is that what he pours him a scotch? Yes. But you don't actually see the. It's not you like see the bottle. You, you see, see it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like it is very clearly framed right? on the end of. There's also there's also very amusingly a Diageo. Uh, I saw that advertisement. There's a Diageo like neon ad in 
in the Los Angeles skyline. I was like, oh, oh I get it. Good. I get references. Oh, I wow. saw that. I, I, was, wow. I myself was glad to see that somehow in the future, in the dystopian future, Peugeot survives. <laughs> Yes. yes <laughs> and is not only that is the car of the future, yeah. Peugeot. Yes. Yes. Um, so no, but this is my question. So when you have a glass of a a mm-hmm. super scotch, yes. you know, or, or a cognac or something, do you really are are is your socks blown off? Do you know? Like if I were to put a glass in front of you with a five hundred dollars scotch in it and not yeah. tell you, and mm-hmm. you were to take a sip of it, would you say to yourself, "Oh wow, wait a minute"? Yes. No. Yes. It's it's like the wine shock thing all no. over again. It's, uh, it's Sunny. I was going to make a comparison to. Uh, drinking Blue Label, but we all know how you feel about Blue Label. Mm. You know what, then? Maybe we got to do a little taste test with Substandard Fan. We got to have his wife put out two glasses in front of him, one with the $900 bottle of Kingsman and uh, one with glass of Shivas. just something else. No. I don't want to, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to. But there's certain scotches like I would know on the Do it live Shivas, on air. Shivas is unmistakable. You can taste that. It just has a certain taste to it. But, yeah. you know, okay. Uh, I think that's all the time we're giving to this episode. Uh, questions, comments, complaints, compliments, tweet us at Victorino Mattis at Sunny Bunch. Uh, at JV last. At hey, JV Vic, you're over 2,000 followers now, aren't you? Uh, I'm almost up to 2,200. Let's keep that. this going, Very guys. Very exciting. Let's keep this going. Uh, in, in, in including, oh, well, anyway, we'll have to get into my personal Twitter life. Uh, again, no, sure. come on. No, what is it? Uh, Daryl Hammond's following me. And I love Daryl Hammond. What? Yeah. And Jeff Edgers. I'm a big fan of Jeff Edgers. Um, Daryl Hammond. Yeah. And you know what? Daryl Hammond. The, the listened- Jeff Edgers profile of Daryl Hammond oh, is really, really good. We should right. put that in show notes, oh by the gosh. way. It was really something. That's awesome. Okay. I was um, on. I, 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 well, you had Norm uh, McDonald, uh, Sonny, on and off or on again? Norm McDonald follows me on uh, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Well, one of... 30-something thousand, I guess. Uh, again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Just type in Substandard under Podcasts, and we're there. Leave a review, tell your friends, and don't forget, the Substandard show notes will be up on Friday at 11 a.m., maybe. Until next time. You know, guys, watches give me feelings I don't entirely understand. I like Germans. Food trucks? Garbage. Ling Cuisine is where it's at. It even has cuisine in the name. More people buy it than gourmet food. In the movies you like, the bad guys are actually the good guys. And the good guys are actually the bad guys. I have soft hands. I cut myself refilling the stapler. I don't like the outdoors. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. Mulch is fun. I love only one of my daughters. Who should I mention in thus doomed to a swift death this week? Aren't you an editor? Do you mean whom? That's science. I have a toy I want to show you. Uh, This is a great medium for showing Vic and me stuff. I wish Hermione had shown a little something. Oh, geez. What time is it? For F's sake, Vic. You're going to get us all kicked off the air. I love surfing. Blue Crush was based on my life story. Who wants to hit up a Chinese buffet? Zach Braff is actually underrated as a director, and white chocolate is better than chocolates that taste good. Today's spirit of the week is bullet bourbon. I'm drinking NyQuil instead because it tastes better than real beer. That's ridiculous. Eh, I'm sure it's fine.